So the Bible reading tonight is from Matthew 5, verse 1 to 11. If you want to follow along, it's also up here. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Thank you, Hannah. Um, uh, once again, can I just add my welcome to what Eddie said tonight, especially if this is... I can't wait, that'll just be a long way away. Um, especially if this is uh, your first night here or if you consider yourself new in whatever manner, um, we long to be a church space that just welcomes you where you are at, where you can feel at home. Um, after tonight, like after we gather here, we all go down to the pub together, so I invite you to join us there. Um, it's a chance just to either grab a drink, grab a meal, uh, enjoy company. I believe we went to the cauliflower last week. Is that true? How was it? Cauliflower-ish, yeah. Uh, um, well, well, we'll work out what pub we're going to, and it'll be lovely. It'll be really nice. Um, we are in a series called Our Refuge, looking at the idea that, um, well, a few things. One is that God is described as a refuge throughout the Bible. What, what does that mean that God is a safe space? What does it mean that God is somewhere that we can fall back onto and relax? Um, and I guess a flow on from that, what does it mean for us to be reflecting God as a church and as individuals? How do we be refuge for one another? How, how do we create a safe space? Um, and tonight, um, we're looking at these words in Matthew 5. Uh, the, they've historically been called the Beatitudes, uh, and it's Jesus establishing a new type of kingdom um, and so I've called this one a kingdom of refuge. Um, and I, I hope that um, tonight is a little bit challenging, maybe a little bit uncomfortable for you in, in a good way. Um, it, it certainly has been for me as I've been reflecting on these words this week. Um, but it's also just been, um, it's been giving me a sense of peace as I've reflected on these words, these ancient words that Jesus spoke. It's, it's actually the first or the longest recorded sermon that we have of Jesus. This is the beginning of it. Um, and I want you to get the picture of what's actually taking place. Jesus has um, traveled around a few places throughout Israel, Galilee, uh, Judea, the countryside out into the wilderness, uh, and he's been healing people. The passage that we just had before, the one that we read, uh, people have been coming to Jesus, bringing their sick, bringing those who 
uh, can't walk, bringing those who are unwell, and Jesus is healing them left, right, and center, so much so that this huge crowd has gathered, such a big crowd that there's nowhere to put them other than this mountainside, and so Jesus places them there and stands on the mountain and then sits down and begins teaching. And so I guess a, um, a bit of an equivalent these days, it's kind of like Jesus has kind of just gone through St. Vincent Hospital uh, and walked through the wards and like, pew, you're healed, pew, you're healed. And everyone kind of gets healed and word spreads and then people start wandering down from Wayside Chapel and from Rough Edges and it's a really mixed crowd of all sorts that have gathered together. They're like, wow, this person is amazing. And he stops healing and he starts speaking. And we realize at this point that Jesus didn't just come to make people physically better. Jesus came to make a society that was better. Uh, Jesus came to actually offer a new way of thinking, a new way of structuring life, a new way of structuring the world so that we as a people could be healed. It's not just an individual kind of narrative that Jesus is telling. And he starts with these words. Uh, he, he starts with these series of blessings. Now, the way that you could interpret blessed um, is something along the lines of like happy are um, or well-placed are or even like congratulations to. Uh, it's, it's saying that oh, th- like these are the ones that have made it. These are the ones that are doing well and these are the ones that are representative of the good life. Yeah? And so this is where he starts. Um, blessed are the... Poor in spirit. I disagree. Um, I disagree. I read a study this morning that, um, and I'm glad that I read it this morning because it fits really nicely. Uh, those people who go into a workplace and tell everyone how good they are, so those people who are really self-assertive and self-confident, um, the people who are quite self-righteous and kind of know how good they are, that, that type of people, on average, earns... It was a quarter of a million dollars more across their lifespan, US. Um, so whatever that translates to. So maybe, uh, let's just call it half a million more uh, throughout their lifespan. So, like, I just disagree with this. Um, blessed are the self-righteous. Don't you reckon? Self-righteous. Pardon my spelling. Um, because theirs is the moolah. It's true, like the, the studies back it up. Um, so, fail on that part, Jesus, but we'll carry on. We'll carry on, nevertheless. Um, he keeps going, um, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be, like, that's dumb. Don't you think? Like, well done. You're sad. Like, like not congratulations. That, that's a, um, and in fact, I would say that uh, the reason that people mourn is because they're too connected often. They, they mourn because there's something that is so, so important to them that is now gone, and so they grieve. So I would say, like, blessed are those who don't care because they just never get hurt. They're all good. They're sweet. Fixed it. No, that's better. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, good one. Um, Jesus carries on. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Yeah, that's dumb. Uh, the, the meek, the ones who are quiet, the ones who don't boast, we've, we've already kind of covered this. Jesus is kind of repeating himself in error. Um, Jesus is saying that those who have power but don't use it, don't use it in order to get themselves ahead, that, like, congratulations to them. Like, I would say, um, and, and studies back me up on this, hear me out, blessed are those who are arrogant um, because they inherit the family business. Yeah? Am I right? Am I right? It's, it's the... It's the pushiest. It's the bossiest. It's the ones that actually get in there and say, look, I do the job well. I'm the one who deserves this. I'm the one who actually should get this. Um, and so, so they end up getting it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Bull, have you seen our parliament? That's not true. Blessed are those who, um, let's go with this, protect the in, where am I going? Institution. You thought I was going to say innocent. Boom, boom. Institution. Um, for they will, what? For they'll be fine. They'll land on their feet. Yeah? It's looking more accurate. Um, Blessed are the merciful. Mm, I kind of like that one. It kind of doesn't cost too much, uh, for they will be shown mercy. I like that one. Let's keep it. Yeah? Nah. Um, blessed are those who are ruthless, I think. Um, you reckon? Blessed are those who actually... Uh, do you know the word ruthless it's an old word in Old English. Bill Bryson taught me this. And it used to have the opposite, Ruth, but we lost that word. So someone, like the, the term Ruth, it literally means like gracious, someone who comes into a situation and brings peace. If someone is Ruth, that's what they are. If someone is ruthless, they're the opposite. Um, blessed are the ruthless, for they will always win. Yeah? Always win. Um, blessed are the pure in heart. No, blessed are the violent. Um, blessed are the... Gosh, if you want to make money, make a war. Yeah? Blessed are the warmongers. Mongers. For they will be called rich. Oh, gosh. Blessed are those who are... Oh, let's just do this. Blessed are those who persecute... Oh, hang on, no, I missed that. Who persecute the righteous. For theirs is the kingdom of humanity. Boom. Fixed? It's perfect? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Like 2,000 years on and we're like, okay, we got this. We got this down pat. Um, it, that's, that's how we work, isn't it? Um, that's how our society functions. 
in, in so many levels. Um, blessed are the self-righteous. Like, they're the ones who get ahead. Um, blessed are the ones who just aren't super caring about what's going on. We don't have to rock up to this refugee rally next week. It's going to be raining. Why mourn? Why grieve? Like, why, why make signs aside from the fact that we get to have a crafternoon, which is great? Um, like, wh- what's the point? Uh, what's the point of actually putting ourselves out there and caring because all that leads to is grief? All that leads to is mourning. All that leads to is feeling shitty about the world. And it's hard because the world sucks. Blessed are those who protect the institution because they're going to be fine. We've seen it. It's real. People aren't losing their jobs. People aren't stepping down. People are being propped up by their mates. Despite horrific, horrific accusations and acts that are so real for so many people. And they're just protecting the name. They're protecting the institution. And they're getting away with it. And our, our world is tragically, constantly at war, and people make money off it. Lots and lots and lots of money. That's where we're at. Does that feel like a good diagnosis of how many people see the world? Of how many people see what it means to be congratulated, blessed, happy? Um, that's... I guess that's one kingdom, that's one type of kingdom that we could very easily take part in. And, and I would argue that many of us are taking part in that kingdom because it's the water we breathe. It's the, it's the no, it's the air we breathe. It's the water we swim in. It's, it's the life that we've been raised in. It's, it's almost human nature, perhaps, to fall into this kind of mindset of self is number one. Um, and so, as you look over that list, maybe you look at that and you say, wow, I'm really out of step with Jesus. Um, maybe you look at that list and you see something and you say, yeah, my life is lining up to a kingdom that I don't want to be lined up to. And in that, there is a call for you to sit and just name it. Name it. And say it's real, it's there, it exists, and by God's grace, I want to step out of that kingdom. Because at the end of the day, that's not the kingdom that Jesus talks There was one behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, At the end of the day, that's not the kingdom that Jesus called us to. Uh, That's not the kingdom that we actually get to be a part of. And as as New City Church, we get to be a part of, I would say a new movement, but I'd say a 2,000-year-old movement, Um, a movement of God's spirit as God builds God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is characterized by God's character. God's character is love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control. And, and God's kingdom is wherever God's character is allowed to reign. God's kingdom is wherever God's character is allowed to reign. And 
I then have to ask my quest- myself, uh, well, where do we see this at play? Where, where in my life do I start seeing some of these, some of these acts at play? Because they're, they're tangible, they're, they're real, they're not concepts, they're acts. Um, and I, there, there's two examples I want to give you. We're in a, 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 a nation or statewide emergency at the moment. A few years ago, we were in another emergency with bushfires going through the Blue Mountains, um, and my family home was up there, 2017. Winmally, it just went through, and my family's home was almost first in the line of fire. So we, we just lost everything, boom. Within 15 minutes, the fire had started and moved to our house, and everything that we owned was gone. I was living kind of part-time at home with my parents, part-time in the city at that stage, so I had a suitcase of clothes my laptop, and my Holden Apollo. That's what's so trusty, trusty Holden Apollo got me through. Um, and, and that was it. And so we had to start all over again. And we arrived in Winmalee that night. We weren't allowed to go near the house. We arrived in Winmalee that night, and it was actually Sammy's family said, oh, we have spare rooms. Come on in. Um, and so my family moved into Sammy's house, um, and that's where we stayed for a couple of nights. And then another family from our church said, oh, we have a home that's been rented out. No one's living it in, in there at the moment. Just move in, and we'll work out rent in a little while. And so my family moved into there. We ended up with piles and piles and piles of food and clothes and toothbrushes. So many toothbrushes. Um, we had all the toilet paper you could imagine, which we should have kept. Um, we, we were fed, we were clothed, we were cared for. And I realized at that point that sometimes, sometimes it takes an emergency to peel away some of the lies that we tell ourselves. It takes something as big as a fire going through a community to actually tear away at the individualism that puts us in silos and actually extract the true humanity that's been lying dormant all along. And something as horrific as the fires, I look back on and I think, who were the people that were there for me? And it was everywhere. The community came together, and it was really, really beautiful. And so I look at that, and I say, yeah, we were mourning. We were grieving. But by God's grace, we were comforted, because God's kingdom was there. We were surrounded by people who were merciful, We were surrounded by people who were pure in heart, who were thirsting and hungering for justice. Second one, um, the second example that I have of where I see God's kingdom starting to break through, if we can use those words, is this community. Uh, And I know that I riff on this a lot, and sometimes we have these storytelling nights where it's just like heaping on the praise to New City Church, where it's just like, guys, how good are we? And it's fantastic, because it's true. It's true. We walk into this space, and we realize these are people who are laying down their lives so that people can explore faith in safe spaces. 
uh, so that people can be comforted, uh, so that those who mourn can actually come in and be embraced. Uh, And this is a community where I genuinely do see hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I do see purity in heart. And I think, you, like, I think you'll agree with me. If you've been around here for a while, it's a really beautiful thing, isn't it? Um, it's really quite something to behold, and it's an honor to be a part of. I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think, though, that that then means that all of these blessings are suddenly present amongst us. Does that make sense? Um, I'm not naive enough to think that suddenly, oh, great, you're here, you're comforted. Um, oh, you're like, you've walked through the doors, great, here's the kingdom of heaven. Um, like, it, that's not quite how it works. You don't, like, come in and here's the planet on a platter. Like, that, that's not quite how, how the blessings work. There's, there's something in this where Jesus is offering something very present, very real, very now, very in this space, but he's also offering something that is to come. Um, and you'll notice in Jesus' words as he speaks, it's always future. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be shown mercy. And in this, most theologians think that there's a, a couple of layers to this. There's the present tense. There's what we experience in this community here as people find healing and, and enjoy that together. But then there's also what's called an eschatological hope. How's that for a word? Eschatological. Eschatology is uh, the theology of end times or the theology of what is to come, the, the theology of the future. Um, and most theologians, as they read this, will think that Jesus is actually casting our minds forward to a future hope. Jesus is painting a picture of a more beautiful day, when the kingdom of God comes in all of its fullness, in all of its glory, and the reign of God is so complete that all of these things will become a present reality. And so as Christians, part of our task is to learn how to hope for something that we can't yet see and believe in something that we can't yet feel. And that's a hard task. That's a hard task. And I know for, for myself, uh, there's been times where I would say I've given up on that hope uh, because the reality of that just feels too far away. Um, and I want to be comforted now. Um, I want to receive the kingdom of God now. Um, I want to be an heir of the riches and receive those riches now. Um, and there's nothing selfish about that. If that's where you're at now, um, there's nothing selfish about that. It's just real. Um, It's calling the world as we see it and saying waiting is really hard. And I guess um, there's no easy solution to that. Um, Waiting is what Christians have done for thousands of years. Uh, Waiting is what we will continue doing. Um, And as we wait, we act. And we remind each other that there is beauty in this. And that the other kingdom, uh, that kingdom that 
the world draws us to, the kingdom that is full of narratives of power and narratives of control and narratives of, let's call it, oppression and abuse, that those narratives, they actually don't hold beauty. Uh, They actually don't hold hope and life. But these do. Uh, These do. Uh, And so we hope and we act. And as I look at these, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted because of righteousness. As I look at those, I guess what I'm wanting to do is find find a point that I can follow and emulate And for me, as I read those, the most obvious one comes back to Jesus um, and comes back to that central moment within Christianity at the cross when Jesus demonstrated for all, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to pour yourself out and come to your absolute wit's end? And at the cross, we see Jesus mourning grieving, not just for himself, but for all the world. And when we look at the cross, we see meekness in its absolute potency as the one who is all-powerful, by whom, through whom all things were created, veils power so that he can be nailed to a cross. On that cross, we see Jesus hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for justice, so that all would know that God is good. We see Jesus acting mercy. We see Jesus pure in heart as a peacemaker. And certainly we see Jesus being that he who is persecuted because of righteousness. And so I think this is a really good passage to reflect on as we come up towards Easter Um, as we think about what does it mean to be part of a kingdom of refuge? Um, What does it mean to be part of a kingdom that seeks this type of blessing? It's a very different type of blessing. Um, But I think it's almost not worth arguing when we say that this type of living is so much more wholesome. I want to go there. Um, It's so much more healing, so much more beautiful, so much more enthralling um, than any other philosophy that I've come across, but certainly what we saw earlier. Um, And so where do we land? Where do we land? Um, For some of us, um, we are in the throes of life's chaos, um, and we are in the midst of mourning. Um, And and I just want to name that in our community. I know that there are people in our midst who are mourning. Um, I know that there are people in our midst who are just so struggling to see any worth in their own world or in their own life and that they would call themselves really naturally poor in spirit. Um, It's hard just to find worth. Um, I, I guess if you fall into that category in any sense. Um, We want to say over and over again that there is comfort, uh, that there is hope, that there is a community of people around you who want to bless you, 
um, who want to see you thrive and remind you as we hear over and over that you start loved, um, that you are so dearly valuable. And for some of us, um, we know that in these words there's not just a sense of peace, um, but there's also a call to action. For some of us, we're sitting here realizing, yeah, I need, I need to be a peacemaker. There is, there is a situation in my life or in my world where I have the chance to actually step in and offer an ear, offer to be a refuge, offer to be somebody who, who brings peace. And wherever you're at in all of that, um, this passage for me just keeps bringing me back to Jesus. Um, it keeps bringing me back to the cross um, to be in awe of the sacrifice that Jesus made, um, in awe of the God that we serve. We get to sing together tonight. Yay! I'm so excited. Jump up. Um, Becky and Sammy are going to lead us in a couple of songs in a moment. Um, and I'm just really excited because we actually get the chance to do this. We haven't sung together and stood up and sung together in a very long time. In fact, never in the history of New City Church have we stood and sung together. Woo! We are turning a corner. Um, yeah, tonight it's happening. Um, we do need to wear masks as we're singing. If you choose to sing, please do. Um, and I want to recognize that people come from all different traditions in this space. For some of you, singing wasn't big. For some of you, singing is the way that you connect to God. And so I guess as we jump into this, and it is a bit of a new chapter in our church, um, I just want to remind us that we sing because we have a God worth singing about. And for many people, music is a spiritual mechanism for the way that they connect with God. Um, it's not just lyrics. It's not just melody. Uh, it's not just the presence of other people singing the same thing. It, it's all of those things combined. Uh, and so we stop, and for the next five, ten minutes, we focus our minds all together on what we're singing about. And that's a really powerful thing. That's really powerful. So I want to invite you um, to do whatever you need to in this space. Um, for some of you, that might mean um, standing like a stunned mullet, staring at the screen, singing words, because that's the tradition that you've come from, and that is beautiful to, to you. And so I just want to affirm that and say, yeah, do that. If that's how you connect to the music, do that. If you are someone who needs to raise your hands and shut your eyes and dance, let's just say it now, there's no judgment in this. I mean, there might be some judgment from some, I can't guarantee that. But this is a space that you actually get to do that in. Um, this is your time to connect to what you need to connect with. Um, the lyrics of the songs that we're going to sing are really beautiful. If you find that you need to sing other lyrics, you're welcome to. Um, that, like, that's the beauty of this space. What we're creating at this moment is not a performance. It doesn't need to sound good. That, that's not what we're here for. Uh, we're here to actually let some of those guards down and look into the face of Jesus and praise. That's why we do this. Um, 
And I hope that as we sing tonight, it will be healing for you. It will be comfortable for you. Uh, it will be something that you feel like gives you hope. Um, I'm going to invite you to stand. Then I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing together. Um, let me pray. God, you are the one who blesses those who are poor in spirit. You are the one who blesses those who mourn. And God, we are in this space now and we recognize that some of us are just so low, poor in spirit and in the depths of grief. God, we're together here in this space. And we want to carry one another's burdens, celebrate one another's joys. And so for those who are here tonight and struggling, we just pray that you would have your hand in this space now of healing and of hope. That they would know that they have so much value, so much worth. And God, we thank you that you have given us a kingdom of refuge, a kingdom that we can flee to. And we know that here when we seek justice, when we seek mercy, when we walk with you, we know that we will be blessed. And we receive a hearty congratulations from the throne of heaven. And God, in all that, we fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of your throne. God, we fix our eyes on Jesus now as we lift our voices, as we sing, as we do whatever we need to do to have this moment now in your presence.